0: Alright everybody, welcome back. We are here with yet another edition of the Sunday Puncher Podcast. I got Fred here with me. Say hello. 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 Uh, well, last night, it's safe to say that we witness greatness be robbed. And what I'm referring to is, of course, the great Nico Ali Walsh, grandson (laughs) of... (laughs) uh one of the greatest fighters of all time, Muhammad Ali, took his first defeat. Shocking. Shocking. I mean, did you see this coming? Well Well, it was
1: just gonna happen. But hang on. I think I'm crackling.
0: Yeah, you did a little crackle right there. Yeah. All right should be good. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, Nico Ali Walsh took his first loss. Um (laughs) unfortunate I (laughs) suppose. Uh, no, but let's, let's talk about, um, Daniel Dubois, Joe, uh, not Joe Joyce, Alexander Usyk, heavyweight title on the line over in Poland. And, um, we got to talk about the, 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 the shot. If you didn't watch it, Daniel Dubois, I think it was like in the fifth round or something lands a body shot onto Usyk, which has Usyk fall to the canvas down and out. And Usyk takes several minutes to get back up. Now, here's the thing. The question is whether or not it was a legal blow. The belt was, I mean, the punch landed on the belt line of the trunks. You know, like, you know, there's obviously like the part of the trunks where the name or whatever some saying is written. It landed there. It was not below that. It was definitely on that. And so the big question is, well, whether or not that the 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 belt line, whether or not it was in fair or foul territory. So I brought you on because you color, you know, you like to think of yourself as some aficionado of rules. Where do you stand on this? Was our boy Daniel Dubois robbed of the heavyweight title? No. Oh my, very <laughs> there simple.
1: Uh, this is weird because I'm getting an or yeah, yeah. delay. I
0: don't
1: know what You're a I don't delay. delay. Uh, hang on. Maybe okay. that'll help.
0: Oh, you know what? I think it's me actually.
1: Anyway, yeah, um, it's just because my voice delayed. So, so I hear my voice. voice. What about now? Maybe. Uh, say something.
0: Well, okay, we're what we're trying to talk okay. about, but sorry. Just... Sorry, it's
1: just it's just a delay. I think I think it's good now.
0: What well, what we can't get to is your answer of whether or not our boy DuPois was robbed.
1: Uh, no, because the belt line is not the elastic of the trunks. The belt line is the top of the trunks.
0: But, 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 hear me out on this one. Very <laughs> often. Do the rules. Ve- but very often, the referee will state before the fight, chunks are a little high or chunks are a little low. And he'll say where it is that he's going to be drawing the line, which is by the way, just ridiculous as, as like a, like just a statement here because like chunks move famously, Marcos Maidana could not like take two steps in the ring without pulling his, his pants down. Um, They move as, as you move. And as the fight goes on, so like that imaginary line of where it's good and bad is just completely arbitrary up to the referee at any point in the fight really.
1: Yeah, so what you got is you'll have uh you'll have the protective cup. Yeah. And guys will usually sort of hike it up a bit because they want their uh their their thighs to be freer, you know. Sure. But we're talking like a really really tiny amount. Like like not even half inch. is like cause the actual line uh you'll hear different Europe they they always say hip bones. But in America, it's the navel, which is pretty much the same thing. You know, they mm-hmm. line up on a normal human, so that's the middle of the belly button.
0: Right? Normal, yeah. Yeah,
1: I'm, and they'll I'm it's a normal. little high, and they'll go okay. Well, I'll allow it here. But that means that they'll allow like the bottom of the punch to land there. You know, Dubois' punch landed fully on <laughs> the 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 the, the strength, like the elastic of the trunks. That's it's a low blow. It, it's it's. <laughs> It's so bizarre that people are even arguing this that it that oh, well, you know, there's this line, there's that line. His punch didn't even clear the the trunk line, like it's not that's not the belt line. You know, people are starting to think that the elastic is now, well, that's his belt, so anything it's below that that's illegal. It's like, no, it's, it's the belt line is usually the top of the trunks.
0: Your gain is a little high, is uh, it? yeah, uh,
1: and, like I could but- probably, uh, What I want to say
0: about that, though, as you fix that, is I think Dubois was absolutely robbed. (laughs) Now, let me... I think that I can phrase this correctly so that even you would agree, I think. And I'm going to bring you on board here. I think Dubois was robbed. And here's how I say it. I think it's fair. You can read the rules all you want. But first of all, in boxing no one cares about the rules okay we've seen this over and over when it comes to the the drug testing uh policies that Matchroom seems to or in some cases doesn't follow okay the rules are arbitrary two in that situation we've seen it many times in the past that there are judgment calls because what we're dealing with is is a like a sport where thi- like a hundred things are happening in a very short amount of time. And I think that punch, you get a hundred referees and play it out and they all rule one, you know, it's like 50, 50, how that gets ruled because I think that that was a judgment call. I don't think it was as clear in the heat of the moment, whether or not that punch was was fair or foul. And I think why I think he was robbed is Luis Pabon has, is a terrible referee. And it appears that he has a pattern of ruling in favor of Usyk. Now, whether he's on some sort of payroll, maybe he just likes Usyk like you, I don't know. But Luis Pabon, I think, um, made a very hasty decision right there. And I think that in a normal fight with some random, you know, uh, Thomas Taylor type of referee, we get, like, Dubois actually has a chance that that doesn't get ruled uh, a low blow, and maybe he wins that fight.
1: I don't know, but well, I just think that he has a chance to knock Usyk out with an overhand right. Did it happen? No. no but- I go by I go by what happens, and not fantasy projections. It is a subjective call, and the call is the referee's call. And right. he said it wasn't low.
0: My and argument a- is probably sucks.
1: Well, yeah, but that's that has nothing to do with anything. You know, in that call, he's right. That's one a low blow by the rules, and two it was a low blow by his call. So what matters is only the referee's call, you know. And I think people are just it's, they're just losing their minds, and making up all this nonsense about oh they were robbed. If he was getting the count, maybe Usyk gets up. And, and that's another thing that I just it just annoying me on ESPN's call. And other people are like, well they gave him a lot of time. He gets five minutes. And the referee is always there to say, hey, you got more time. Uh, he was doing his job. You got five minutes on a low blow. Just because other people don't take five minutes doesn't mean Usyk taking five minutes is, or how three, I think, or something like that. You know, he, he's allowed five minutes. It's just, stop it. I right? got, they, I got another one for you. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Go ahead.
0: All right. You've you watched a fair amount of boxing, All right. Well, yeah, well I watched
1: Nico... Holly Walsh, I guess.
0: I, I said boxing, not artistry. But okay. your gain is still high. I don't know what you did to your microphone. But uh, Hang on. So you've watched a lot of boxing over the years, as have I, as have you, the listener. And I want to pose this question to you because we've all seen our fair share of nut shots. We know that there's a, a, a difference in the quality of the nut shot. And there's the cup you know, there's the nut check where you kind of go up and under and you kind of like loop it in and you send those nuts up to the throat. That would be probably the worst of the the types of shots. And then there's, um, you know, like the, the punches that just kind of stray low, but not necessarily in, in you know, in the jewels. And okay. so I've never seen a dude react that way the, the way in which um, Usyk did from a shot in the area that he got hit with. And, and that wasn't a typical, like, got hit in the nuts reaction. And so, I don't know. It just seemed like, where did he get hit? Because I, I, I've never seen somebody react that way. That wasn't your standard, like, oh, yeah, to punch. You know, that was a low blow. Um, sometimes when we have low blows, like, you, you just have fighters, like, you know, take eight seconds. And then they're like, all right, I'm good to go. Which... I mean, it's because those ones didn't hit in the actual nuts. But what happened to Usyk?
1: Well, it's a one-piece thing, protector. So even if, if, it's, if it was an uppercut, it probably lifted the, the whole thing into his balls. But it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe it's also... Uh, it, but it doesn't have to hit you in the groin to be a low blow. That's why they set it at the navel. Anything in the lower belly is a low blow. People just have... They're, they're, they're focused on what's oh, got to be in his, his his balls. If it doesn't hit there, then it's not a low blow. No, if you punch a guy in the hip, it's a low blow. You know, it's... it's, it's How long... Have, like This is not like some new rule they created for Usyk. I think they it's did, been, but it's go been the, It's been the state, it's been the state <laughs> forever. Yeah, it's, they they made it all for him. It's just... Ah, it's just so dumb
0: because there is an Eastern European bias conspiracy going on in boxing,
1: oh yes yes, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, because now it's it's like the race scores are breaking out over fights, you know
0: hey man they it's i'm I'm not even gonna touch it, but I kind of am you know no if you guys don't get the reference uh ringside at I think it was Ward Kovalov overheard a conversation between uh n- since now publicly outed racist saying that uh there is a ongoing conspiracy against <laughs> yeah. white fighters specifically white fighters. those of eastern european descent in boxing and i was just like thinking in my head you know there's not that many white fighters like how could there be a conspiracy against like
1: a group well that's, that's why like- they can not even get in the door
0: well, yeah. I mean, better go talk to to Dana White. Why is he poaching off all the the, the white talent? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, putting them up on 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 those. Um...
1: Well, Paulie said that's why the UFC's is big because you know they got all the white guys.
0: Uh, is the UFC big anymore?
1: Uh, not really. It's, it's 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 seen some rough times.
0: Their their brand is really strong, but like outside of the brand itself, it's like it's like WWE's brand is strong, but like. Well, I guess they're they're not a good comp because their business is doing really well, but like, it's kind of like those the period like maybe ten years ago where WWE was doing well, but like nobody can name their top guys.
1: That's kind of what it is, and like uh, even the revenue for the UFC, like people are like, oh, the fighter share is down to thirteen percent. Yeah, that's because they're just they're jamming sponsors as many sponsors they can sign up. They're sticking in there. All right, so that's where all their growth is.
0: Let's let's get back to. you know, the conspiracy around yeah. uh, Usyk. Usyk, um, like, yeah. Not that he dodged the draft, which uh, <laughs> I saw a tweet yesterday. As somebody accused him of dodging the draft.
1: Yeah. That's which is like a 35-year-old man. He his time. You, don't to, you only have to serve one year.
0: I feel like fighting for your country in the Olympics should count as, like, military service time.
1: Yeah. They're not going to stick Usyk. It's... What, do people want him charging the front lines? No, they're <laughs> not going to kill one of their sports heroes. That's
0: that's why they had Lomachenko, like, working Killers security. Have died.
1: You know, these sports people have died, and that's why. And then it's like, oh, it's like, yeah. But Usyk, he, he does more. F- oh, yeah, and he's, he's got kids, too. So he's you actually didn't have to serve if he had kids, but he did do his part. Yeah. He does more for Ukraine, not fighting. And what's he going to do? Guy can't even take a, a fucking body shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yesterday we've, we've, you know, thanks to Daniel Dubois, I think Ukraine is fucked because he gave Putin the the, the correct strategy yes. yeah. to win the war, which is go to the, go not to the body. body, go a little low, get a little lower.
1: I, I like that uh, the geniuses of training that sprung out, that a heavyweight doesn't like body shots. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well... <laughs> You guys have been watching 115 pounders too long.
0: Well, that's the other thing It's like just getting punched by a guy as big and beefy as Daniel Dubois. Like you know, I I don't think anybody really likes getting hit like, <laughs> exactly by this a guy guy's like that,
1: like 240, 50 pounds. You know, who's was like just it,
0: tolerating man. it. That it wasn't that like he was out there like I'm I'm quite enjoying the the fact that like Dubois hitting me with the jab, like you know. Yeah that was not the case although uh but let's just talk about how usse performed because i think um i don't know i'm curious to you know you're kind of a ukraine fanboy uh as you've been over the years mm-hmm. so we'll have to take what you say with a grain of a grain yeah. of salt i almost said a it's grain true. of rice which should have been odd uh but yeah what would you would you make of Usuk's performance did, did was that did that look to you like the best heavyweight in the world
1: uh, well, his performance I thought was great because he like controlled the entire fight with a jab essentially. You know how can you argue with that? And I was like Dubois wasn't in that fight at all. You know, and that's what kind of people freaking. Out. Oh, this is his shot. It's like no, he was getting his ass beat. And he even quit be off a jab. You know. Oh, so you're I, you're I, on uh, the he quit good. train. Well, he did. I he st- don't know he about took that. his knee off a jab <laughs> of what kept them down. Like, I'm not saying, well, yeah, I am kind of saying he quit. <laughs> you know, because he's sort of like the Ryan Garcia. It's like, you could get up. But he knew he was just going to get his ass beat some more. You know, he went down of a jab. Like, come on.
0: Okay, but he went down the the jab of like a 200 hundred plus 6'4 guy. Like, it's, it's well, not no like. No,
1: it hurts, obviously. But it's not like he was rocked and knocked out on, like, on his back. He was like, he quit when he was like. On one knee,
0: so Uh, I don't. I don't know if he quit. Well,
1: he was getting up, just like he's pretending to get up. I thought the
0: ref just called it. Like, now you're done.
1: Well, because they were talking too.
0: Well, I didn't hear the conversation. I I, I wasn't standing in the ring with them.
1: Well, no, but they were obviously the ref was talking to him, and so he called it. If the guy said, "I'm, I'm done," you know, you know, what did the ref say?
0: You want to get up, little bitch?
1: But maybe he's Imagine. like, Stay down, you got money on Usyk.
0: He's <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, brother, you have no shot here. You think you think I rolled that a low blow by mistake?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's like, Give up, they're gonna kill you if you don't stay down. I think he said to him, <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah. so no, I thought, was, I thought it was a great fight. Like, but well, he's against Daniel Dubois, you're not gonna see the <laughs> best action.
0: But well,
1: he, he he I think he did a good fight as a boxer. He, he controlled it with his jab. And that's you know, you gotta give the guy credit whenever he can control a fight with just a jab. Why? And not like uh uh Golovkin against Canelo where they go, Oh well he landed the jab. Oh. No. no, he was dictating the fight with the jab.
0: So I, I feel like um I mean, one, I, I thought Dubois had such a strange performance in that fight because he did a lot of things well. I think I think his body attack was pretty underrated even though it strayed low. We got to factor in like how many body shots has Dubois ever thrown in his career? Like no, it's he, did, be he did less get than
1: some 50. good body shots in there. Yeah. He did get yeah. some good body shots in
0: there. Yeah, so like Dubois did pretty good, I, you know. I I think he's a relative novice at throwing to the body is what I'll say and and it looked pretty good. It was a good strategy. It was a bold strategy too because like we don't often see heavyweights like fully just commit to a body uh, assault, and he he definitely did. But I feel like one thing in particular about this fight is Usyk. Every time he hit Dubois, Dubois looked just clueless. You know, he he looked like I, I made this comparison to somebody I don't know who it was, but. You know, like in in uh, you ever seen Indiana Jones, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, and when he fought that big, beefy German guy, and <clears throat> every time Indy would hit the guy, if it made any effect on him, he would kind of just like stumble, shake his head, and then just keep coming. Yeah, that's what Dubois was doing, cause he's so big, he's bulky, he's 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 got you know he's ripped. But like every time Usyk would hit him, it froze him a little bit. And then Dubois looked kind of like shaken up and then would just keep coming forward. And like, I mean, there's that, that is a compliment and an insult at the same time because like, I don't know, Dubois just did not react well to being hit. But at the same time, the recovery time and the way he would also respond thereafter was, was I think pretty, I, I don't even know if good is the right word, but it was admirable at least. Yeah. Um yeah, but U- Usyk looked very good. I mean, I it, judging by the way the fight ended and how it it went after Usyk was hit in the in the body and then uh Luis Pabón helped him out by mm-hmm. giving him 5 minutes to recover.
1: 17, I think it was.
0: It was 17 minutes, okay. Yeah. Um you know, it just seemed like Usyk figured out that Dubois could not deal with more than one punch at a time. And like every time he stepped in and threw a combination, Dubois looked really concerned and that's ultimately what led to the stoppage is Usyk being able to just go in there and pressure Dubois. Dubois had enough in him to like avoid one punch, but any more and it was just trouble for, for him.
1: Yeah. It's like, like uh, and I think that's getting to him, is that speed a bit? He couldn't handle that. That's why you don't need muscles to win fights a lot. Of time.
0: At heavyweight,
1: yeah. Like you don't. I guess
0: need you to could say any division ribbed.
1: really. Any, and, but yeah, it's any division.
0: And I mean, Emmanuel Navarrete has no very very little muscle definition, mm-hmm. but just beats uh, Oscar Valdez because he remembered that he can jab. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It did. I, I agree with your assessment there. Dubois did look yeah a little phased whenever he got picked off. And, What led to the end? Uh, he was game. Excuse me. He was game. He was up for it.
0: Okay, I was like, wow, wow.
1: Oh no, I didn't call him gay.
0: I mean, you know your your uh your mic leaves a little to be desired, and so I thought maybe you know if you would
1: quit jumping programs every single time he asked me to be on here, and then you never do a mic check.
0: Okay, I, yeah. I've explained this to you in the past, all right? They accident, no, not they accidentally. I I forgot to cancel the free trial and got charged like three hundred plus dollars to be on this thing. So we're <laughs> oh, gonna really? use it. Yeah. Oh my god. Honestly, I I was a little hesitant at first, but it's it's come a long way and like it is actually a very good program. Like I can actually edit the like it can basically edit the podcast for me is uh well, so that's why we use it
1: that. Yeah. yeah it just takes out all the slurs or what automatically <laughs> uh actually
0: yes kind of i can like search because it creates a transcript as we're going so i can search oh. for like oh yeah nice i remember what what we said and then look it up and then just delete stuff i had to do that that's last why I'm week back
1: on. i get it
0: oh uh, yeah you know i don't have to listen back anymore which is cool yeah. so dubois future I think, obviously, Usyk, the, the conversation there is like, is he going to fight Fury or will he fight Wilder? I, I feel like those are the only two fights where anybody really is going to, you know, feel something for this guy in terms of who he fights. Like, Hergovich is not going to do it, although it does seem like he's going to go into that Klitschko phase where, like, he just beats up everybody in Europe.
1: Yeah, well, he's kind of, he, he has to because Hergovich is like, he's not going to step aside and he's the mandatory too. It's the downside of having so many belts when you can't get that unification.
0: You know, what's funny is, like, with Hergovich, he kind of got, I don't want to say screwed over, but, like, there were many times where I think he could have wound up inheriting that IBF title. And he waited. And remember when there was the, I think it was at the beginning of the year, there was a period where there was a bunch of mandatories. Like, they kept ordering people to fight him and nobody was really interested. And then... Uh, yeah. His, his prize in being so patient is he gets to fight arguably the best heavyweight in the world right now. A fight that Hergovich really has no shot at winning. Yeah. It's, I mean, unless uh, he catches Usyk. But Usyk's been well, able to now
1: see. he knows he's weak to the body.
0: I mean, yes. How much do we trust the ability of Hergovich to go down to the body? <laughs> I don't Not know. At all.
1: I mean, maybe he's inspired now. He's seen that masterclass by
0: Dubois. What if instead of like a, a body attack, like Hergovich just hits him there in the first round, just like goes full nut shot and says, he,
1: "Yeah, you should just go Kosabusi there."
0: <laughs> I got you right where I want you.
1: Just throw it. Just just go Galata.
0: Uh, yeah. So, but I don't know what what you do with Dubois. I mean, he's he's fought he's lost twice already one to joe joyce one to Usyk. i think it's probably full rebuild for this guy i mean you can make the argument that the joyce fight was a little too soon the Usyk fight was definitely too soon for him and so now you got this 25 year old heavyweight who's been beaten twice in both of those fights i would say the punishment was pretty severe you know for for joyce you know, just wrecked his eye. And then for Usyk, I think he got beat with basically every punch in the book. Yeah. Minus well, the low blow.
1: It, it, but it's like he wasn't that good. You know, so they stuck him in there with guys who were better than him, and this is going to happen. You know, he's a domestic level UK guy, and you try to stick him with the higher rung, and that's what happens. You know, you basically. I don't think that they could rebuild them into something. I think you basically, uh, you you just hopefully keep them around until everybody retires. You, so because you think- Usyk's old. Fury's probably not going to keep going for much long. Deontay, you know, you're talking old. two years, and then he's only 27, and then you're going to have pretty much a open heavyweight division.
0: Well, I, I don't know if it's going to be that heavy, because Jalalov is soon to be arriving as the top guy in the division, assuming that he can take, you know, heavyweight punches. That's probably the one, the one question that this guy has. But other than that, you have a skilled big man who's about to enter into the fold.
1: It, yeah. The, the, but I think there's the belts are going to be like broken up open soon enough. So it's like, everyone can go and get their own little belt here soon.
0: I mean, that probably is the argument. If you want to make an argument for, what Usyk should do next and how it might benefit the heavyweight division. It's like, well, then, yeah, just fight the Fury fight. You're going to get stripped. There's no way you can keep satisfying your mandatories, especially when you're Usyk, because if you win that fight, like, the, the the sanctioning bodies aren't bending over for you like the way they would for Fury.
1: Yeah, that's that's a thing. He's, he doesn't have that uh, promoter power.
0: Oh, you're just going to doubt know? the power of K2 promotions? Well, no, well, like,
1: well, when they had the clutch goes. They had a ton of power. But now they're kind of on the outs, you know. Because Fury has a belt and because he has Frank Warren. And so Warren's gonna still keep trying to pick him off using these mandatories. That's why he's so hard on a, you know, rematch. <laughs> he's just he's just trying to cover for Fury.
0: I mean, I wonder if I mean the WBC probably should have stripped Fury already. Yeah somehow the Ngannou fight's going to be, like, totally fine as a way to satisfy the WBC one more, you know, for one more cycle.
1: I'm Yeah, yeah well, well, this is what I don't get. Okay, so Chisora was supposed to be Fury's uh, voluntary. Right. Because he fought Dillian White. Dillian White was, uh that was a uh, defense, the title. Mm-hmm. So then you usually get, like, you get a title defense and a voluntary. Mm-hmm. So now they're letting Fury get away with two voluntaries. Right. So that, that and that's true. why they should have been. It's like even, it's it's not the most egregious, you know, but it's, it's pretty far up there. So the question... Just because Nugano is like a, Nugano's never boxed before.
0: Right. This isn't a Floyd situation where Floyd's coming out of retirement to do this fight. Yeah,
1: yeah. Floyd was retired. He could do whatever he wanted.
0: He also had no titles, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah he gave up the titles, yeah. And he only, really, like I said, as we talked before, he's only really had one title. He got the extra ones when he beat Manny, but WBO immediately stripped him.
0: So here's how it could work. And I'm going to play very loosely with, like, the rules here. Like Luis Pabon. (laughs) Um, So Fury fought Dillian White in April of 2022. And typically you get one year right before the next mandatory has to be ordered. He fought Chizora in December of 2022. And then obviously the Nganu fight, he hasn't fought at all this year. The Ngannou fight will be his first fight of the year and it will be in October. What if the 12-month period was somehow reset in December I'm not saying that that's how it should work, but, like, the WBC will justify things any old way.
1: Well, they should have came out and said that.
0: Why why would they do
1: that? (laughs) Just, like I said, I I don't really break a lot of balls in the sectioning bodies because I know they're just going to do what they want. But sometimes you got to, you know, you got to do something. Like, the WBA, they just, like, they. I think Floyd had that belt forever, but Floyd never really defended it. Until uh, I think Leonard screwed up, and put it on the line for uh, the one Maidana fight and it cost Floyd extra money. But yeah, they were just sitting there and letting Floyd hold that title. But it's not like Floyd was lobbying for it because he wasn't defending it. So it was like, that was totally the WBA could have taken that away from. Do you think but boxing... This is- oh, sorry, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I no, say- but th- th- this case is just like, uh, it's not the worst I've seen, but it's just bad. It's just like, Do something it's just like
0: this is the type of exception made that does not get made like this is not the norm in terms of like how the exceptions are made and so it looks really bad when you are allowing fury to basically forego the mandatory which he should be having to fight to fight a dude like in like that should not have any effect on the timeline like you can do it if i was a wbc i'd say you you can do it but you got to have that fight signed an additional fight because like let's be clear everyone knows you're winning this fight and you know what we don't we won't sanction this fight so even if you do lose in the in in you know the the snowball's chance in hell that you do lose to Nganu we don't give a fuck we're not giving that title to Nganu you're still gonna have to fight and defend it against a a proper heavyweight
1: yeah and this brings us back which we haven't heard in a long time but there used to be non-title matches
0: you but see, now every
1: every time the the belt's always up on the line.
0: That, yeah, they
1: want their money.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it is a non-title fight in a sense, but like yeah. it would, I imagine that like the the powers that be in in boxing would definitely not want to bill anything as as a non-title fight, even though it is, because you're you're messing with the the marketing of the fight and the profitability. Although I imagine that if you're at the position to do a non-title fight, like the profit is probably not going to be great anyway. So like, you know, you're not hurting anything.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's just strange. It's because, because that's what they used to do. And they're like, Hey, we we don't, we're not going to recognize this as defense, but now they don't care. Now you see they're offering three to one credits. If you prepay your, your potential, uh, mandatory fees or whatever the hell sanctioning fees i'm referencing to that lawsuit going on with greg cohen WBA. greg cohen
0: is gonna bring And i think i said this on a podcast uh probably a year ago maybe more i said like this dude's gonna bring down boxing like he's out here snitching getting caught bribing come on man yeah
1: all well, the work not, we've done. It's not him, It's the lawsuits against him. That's a, this is Discovery. You know, this is why Discovery can uh, wreck people's days.
0: He, he, But he was doing shit that, like, come on, man. Ain't nobody... Like, you didn't learn from Don King, like, how to do this pr- the right way and the wrong <laughs> yeah. way?
1: Well, that's what they tried with that, uh, the... Currently, he's still in the courts. But the alleged uh, payment to mendoza's son's company yeah you know the consulting company so that's the one where okay this is up in the air did they didn't they but the current one the second lawsuit they have the letters from the wba to cohen so that's that's where it's now your real trouble if but then again you need the government to actually give a shit well, and that's, that's been a problem with boxing, you know, pretty much forever. That the government really doesn't uh, do its part, when it's supposed let, to.
0: Let's let's be real here. A lot of the, the 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 legal system and litigation can be based in a part of it is like a, a PR, like marketing, you know. And so, with the high profile of the UFC case, which, by the way. The UFC is absolutely guilty. They should be forced to pay and actually change the the system that they're using to exploit all these fighters 100%. Yeah, they're in a bind, too. With that making it hot, you know, the block is now hot due to that. What if some prosecutors like, well, hey, let me get my own version of this. We got we got bribery back in boxing. That's basically playing the hits.
1: Yeah, and the FBI used to look for this stuff too, but now I think the FBI is so distracted with uh, still with the you know the terrorism is still their number one thing, and now you got Trump everywhere. It's it's they're not like the old days when they had nothing going on, and so they're like, hey, how about we look at boxing? They have uh, made several runs at boxing, and they never really had the kind of hit that they were looking for. Man, but now we- it's like that WBA letter is pretty much like just laying it out on the table.
0: You know, it's just not an Estes Kefauver out there. <laughs> oh my God. You know, it's it the good old days when 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 old Estes could go after whatever he wanted, form some commission, and well, then. Well,
1: he uh, was. Remember, he died, uh, before he could really get things going.
0: Yeah, you know, he Estes was good. Ex- you know, uh, except for when he ran for president, but um, <laughs> no, came up short against uh the sackler family could have put an end to it way back God. in the day but
1: you know, <laughs> i never knew this went deep into politics that podcasts had changed
0: no uh, no i'm just you know escafavre has a, a real connection to to boxing it does anyway uh but interesting uh wikipedia article if you ever looking for something to read people um <laughs> What was I was gonna say, oh, I just want to bring up also it like the the Greg Cohen stuff reminds me of do you remember when I think it was during the Trinidad lawsuit? It might have been during the Trinidad lawsuit to Don King, where they found out that like there was Don King productions, but also like you had to sign with the management company that was like just inconspicuously called Monarch Sports.
1: Yeah, and it was run by his son. Yeah, and it's like, come on, guys,
0: change the name a little bit. In a
1: very loose, (laughs) loose term, you know. Yeah, it was like, you guys are just asking to be (laughs) lose a lawsuit.
0: I mean, yeah, it's like, my god. Uh, Okay. You see
1: those. You well, you saw those those kind of uh, questionable things going on last night too. Top rank. Oh. Antonio Leonard promotions and guys managed by Jay Prince. Uh-huh. You know, that they're they're pretty much running the same uh operation there themselves.
0: Are you sure?
1: Uh yes, I'm sure because once I could see that maybe Antonio Leonard would have a fighter with James Prince or a couple of times, not his entire career. <laughs> Cuz remember like that was the Andre Ward tried to say that he signed with Antonio Leonard and that's why uh should be free of goose and just like yeah okay
0: so you well you think that the antonio leonard uh and uh Jay prince i don't know what you call it the little setup that they got over there that that is akin to don king and monarch sports
1: in a fashion because uh, but i I i think it fits well, when have you ever heard of Antonio Leonard doing a fight? Uh, never. Yeah, it's always under like top rank or another promoter. <laughs> so it's like, how? why are all these guys signing to a promotional company that doesn't put on fights?
0: just want to say new, a new record has been set for the, mo- the biggest paid audience in wrestling history. They did 81,000 sold sold for AEW All-In at Wembley Stadium.
1: I thought that wasn't getting any traction. Isn't that what Coppinger said? And Coppinger's never wrong. He's He's got all the sources.
0: He said that it was scaled for 40K. <laughs> yeah,
1: he just took a hit on that one. Yeah, that's the like... They cut out his, his connection they, to Nick Khan.
0: They... Dude, they doubled what he said that they scaled it for,
1: and, and let's let's like. And then he wrote an article uh, praising their sale for ESPN.
0: So. I I mean, it's just the dude is a joke.
1: Uh, That's just like their, uh, their "why don't the big fights get made" series that ended at one, and then he's writing about all the big fights that have been made this year.
0: I yeah, I mean, it's so stupid. Like, why would you even write that? <laughs> That yeah. that is a, a piece you you write at the end of the year, when a year doesn't like yeah, when you know, everything's
1: dead. Yeah, when you're in the dead the dead spot, where no one knows about any fights, and they're like they've forgotten about the fights they saw. Yeah, yeah you you throw it. That's when you do that. stuff.
0: Yeah, and and I th- possibly no, I I can't really remember when it was a would have been a good year to do that. But like my dude, th- this year's been fantastic. Even like okay, ESPN hasn't had a great year but they've had a good year. I think that they've done a few really good fights. They haven't done as many as, as PBC obviously, and they're not on the scale of what PBC has done this year. Uh, and, and going to do with, you know, the Canelo fight this, this September, but, but top ranks had a good year, which in turn means ESPN. Why the fuck you writing that boxing is broken? Also, by the way, you have boxing on your, like the, the, The person who signs your check is ESPN. They got boxing. Why are you putting down the entire sport? It don't make no sense. And then, like, you write a piece about all the great fights that have been happening, and can 2024 meet like this insane standard that has been set in 2023? And then you name a bunch of fights that could happen, and oh, they're all PBC fights, save for maybe one. (laughs) What are you doing?
1: Lights around, but no one's home over there. In the right <laughs> thing. Uh, um.
0: But anyway, speaking of um, getting punched in the nuts, Fa Jagba and uh, Jean. Kasabusi. I don't know how to say his last name. Ka- 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 I'm not saying his name, but
1: um. Fa Jagba,
0: yeah, Um. He took a few shots to to the to the low area. Would you? Would you? If we're we're you know become a podcast where we rate the effectiveness the quality of low blows, um, how how would you rate the ones that F A Jogba received?
1: Well, I rate them really good on targeting, but it didn't look like he had a lot of punching power. So,
0: <laughs> okay, just, they were very I mean, they
1: were very well placed, not shots, but uh, that that was funny because you could see that guy just like he gave up. He didn't care. He was like, "I'm just gonna foul and you know take my money and go back to Kazakhstan."
0: <laughs> he came in 19-0 with 18 KOs, like, and yeah, he's fighting
1: probably old nuts opposition. opposition. Yeah, th- that was th- that was kind of weird. Like, he's not anything to write home about, but he is a guy who had a somewhat manageable career, and then he just—that's the kind of fight where it's like you look like, oh, maybe they didn't pay him. Maybe he's. Upset about something, because it's like yeah. Once he knew that he was like sort of getting outclassed a bit, it's not like Effi jog is like an unachievable, some big mountain you can't climb. But he just, I've, I've never, I haven't seen a guy throw a fight like that in a long time. Just absolutely uh, not give a shit and just Daniel try D. to War. get fouled. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, it was like yeah. He was just, he's like, I'm just gonna keep fouling, fouling, fouling. Didn't care, even when the ref called it. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was like, you, I mean, you got a point there. I didn't <laughs> yeah, want to fight anyway.
1: He wasn't arguing that one. It, uh, it was I, just, it was just, yeah. It's weird. That's and he was supposed to fight Anderson, you know.
0: That maybe he trained for a smaller guy, and so he was like the targeting of the 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 body shots just <laughs> did not scale up to a, a dude who's as big as uh, a yeah. Jogba because Anderson is kind of a smaller guy compared to a Jogba who is a monster.
1: Yeah. I'm just going to say I'm was, defending
0: <laughs> Zon.
1: <laughs> yes. Free. Yeah. Free Zahn. Let's let's call that a no contest and get them to do it again.
0: You, you know, what's really funny is like, okay, maybe Zon is just really not good. It's totally possible. But we've seen a Jogba fight. Like, you throw a jab at this guy, and much like Daniel Dubois, he's not, like, he's not prove that, like, he's got an answer for, like, a jab.
1: Yeah, like, there was a way to win against the guy. So that's why it's so funny to see a guy just commit to getting disqualified.
0: Yeah, I so don't I, I, don't, I don't know what's it's always going on. kind like. of
1: thing where you think, like, maybe, yeah, they're, he just didn't like something. He just didn't want to be there. Didn't like the money. Thought he was he maybe he was his sparring partner was David Tua or something, that's why <laughs> this guy was gonna be five six. What's going on? He was he
0: he was sparring Sean Porter.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All his all his punches were aimed for the head.
0: Just... surely you guys remember when Sean Porter um sparred David Benavidez to get ready for Spence. That's
1: just so weird.
0: Uh yeah, I mean, look, I I would start throwing low blows too if I was getting outclassed by F A Jagua.
1: <laughs> I guess, I guess, is that he's just realized he's like, oh, I guess the end of the road of me for me. I might as well.
0: <laughs> he's thirty-four years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just like I, I, my career is led up to this point right here, and it's 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 it's, it's over for me. But, I mean, he th- he's thrown away, like, a decent resume, you know? He's got to win over Duhapa, Darjeco, uh, and that's really about it. But still, he, you know.
1: Uh, the, um, you know, you're throwing away kind of a string of, okay, bring this guy in and we'll send him in a fight or something. It, it's kind of weird, but, again, it's like, you never know what's going on with a boxer. yeah. Well, like I you mean, know, even before like uh, Spence Crawford, like Thurman was doing that uh, space on Twitter, and he said people are asking him what you're calling. He's like, well, I don't know because I don't know what's going on in these guys' camps. I don't know what's going on in their lives. And he says that's a lot that can play a part.
0: Of. Yeah, I feel like sometimes the uh sometimes you like. It's obvious that no no matter what version shows up, the fight will go one way or, the you know, one particular way. Yeah. Um, but um, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong here. But Zahn fought on a card in Dubai in March 6, 2020. I could be wrong here. The promoter's name... By the way, I did a whole podcast on this on the on the Patreon which is a really interesting subject that has absolutely zero real relevance to, like, the boxing you follow on a day-to-day basis. But this promoter's name's Ahmed Siddiqui, and he's part of, like, this uh, lawsuit where they allege that BoxRack is suppressing results as a result of intimidation from Daniel Kinahan. And, effectively, this dude, I believe it was Siddiqui, went to Dubai and did a card... And it was like super hard for him to get make anything happen. And uh, what he implies is that Kinahan was uh, intimidating people involved in like the commission and stuff so that nobody could do f- cards in Dubai other than anything related to Kinnahan, which is, you know, just typical like mafia shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Tabool. That's what we thought. It's like Interesting. It's, or- I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, well, and that's it. It's like, and that's that's the problem with getting drug cartels to boxing is there's a lot of questionable things that start to happen.
0: Yeah, they, they, so maybe,
1: yeah. I know that Sadiki because I know just from research at Kinnahan, I know he was deep in there and still kind of is.
0: Uh, I I may have some details wrong, but effectively that is the story there. Um, Jared Anderson beat Andre Rudenko you know. Something that I think is really interesting is the reactiveness of social media and how after everything, everyone's got a strong take, whether it's, um, had any breath to breathe, whether there's somebody like you and they're just messing around, but there's a lot of strong takes that pop up and a lot of times they don't really need to. And like I saw takes last night and into today where declarations were being made about Jared Anderson, like as if this fight answered the questions that were posed from the Charles Martin fight. And like, I feel as though that should really not be the case that no questions were answered. We know very little about Jared Anderson still. And in fact, the, the, the things that may have shown themselves in the fight with Charles Martin Still linger to this day and are not answered. Rudenko did not show up in any shape, in my opinion, to attempt to win the
1: fight. Well, he's like 39 something. True. Yeah. It's, the and, and that kind yeah. of annoyed me a bit was all commentary, like, annoys me these days, but they were like just losing their minds. It's like, okay, here's the thing. If, if, if even they were building up as well, he wants to stay busy. Well then treat it like a stay busy fight, which what it was. You know. He's just he just wants to fight, he wants to make a bit of money. They brought in a guy that they could afford that they're not gonna break the bank. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's what the fight was. Like don't yeah. Anyone thinking nah, it didn't answer nothing. He just he just beat up a dude. But it was also funny because the referee there said any shots on the belt portion are fouls. And then Anderson just taking off one. Like not every shot in his body shot was low, but technically, by what the referee said, they were low shots. And the referee's like, hey. "He's like, I'm, I'm not going to call this. We you know it's not. This fight's not going to go. It's going to go this way either way. So let's just let it let it proceed." But yeah, it's just like I don't know. The people they get they get crazy. I heard Box at Gray, and I think he had a good take on part of it, but I didn't hear his full statement. But he's like. Anderson, to him, doesn't look like a top 10 guy. Oh, wow. Gray said that? Yeah, kind of. He's like, he he figures that he's not going to get past the top fighters. He's not going to be competitive with the top guys. I don't know about that because anything, but yeah. I I think, yeah, you're not going to learn anything from a fight like that last night. That's just like a stay busy, completely stay busy fight.
0: So I'm curious more about. You. It seems like you might disagree with with Gray.
1: Not fully, but I, I think Anderson can be a, ranked just a bit higher just because of who's after the top guys, which is nobody. You know, like you 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 got you got Fury, Usyk, Wilder, AJ looks like he's on his way out, and then who's after that? You know,
0: all three of those, four of those guys look like they're on their way out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying it's clear that Fury and Usyk are, can still, are still the top two.
0: You know that um, the senator from Ohio, I think his name is John Fetterman?
1: Oh, yeah, that guy, yeah. yeah.
0: Rudenko's picture on Box Trek basically looks like he's his brother. Oh, I gotta, I gotta look just so. Just check that. this out. <laughs> so, I, I disagree with that. I Now, I, I not yeah? fully, like you. What I... What I agree with is that if we were to like you know place him into a tier of like where his talent currently sits and where it might top out it definitely looks like we're looking at a guy hovering around top 10. And and there's some variance there but you know give or take it's roughly that top 10 tier level which is it's not the first tier it could be the second tier but it also could be the third tier of talent in the heavyweight division. But where I disagree, though, is that in the actual execution of the division, you named four guys in in Wilder, Fury, Usyk, Joshua, that I think are not long for this sport any longer. And so you have four guys exiting. I don't know what Ruiz is going to do other than smoke weed every day. (laughs) (laughs) And and, hey, man, all power to him for that because half of you are, are on that same lifestyle. But... I think you factor that in, you throw a couple of guys, like Dillian White is basically done. I don't see him ever having a meaningful fight at the top again. Derek Chisora, hopefully, you know, there is a good lord out there who's looking after him. He no longer fights again. Some dudes have got to get slid into that top five.
1: Yeah, but uh, I think what Greg was saying is like Jared Anderson doesn't beat the top five anytime soon. And so, yeah, that's basically... And then he's always talking about he's he's not going to be fighting long, you know, so it's like. Yeah.
0: That's the more concerning thing is the guy who's got one foot out the door already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like he, he could, yeah, he could be a top fighter, of course, just because everyone's going to be retiring. So just like I said with uh, Dubois, you know, two, three years, it's going to be wide open.
0: Dubois versus Anderson would actually be a really interesting fight because I feel like they both have exactly the thing That I don't know that the other one is fully like going to be comfortable with. I think Dubois has, I'd give it up to him. He's got some nerve. Like he can, he is willing to stand in the pocket and maybe it's just poor reaction time, but willing to stand there and throw that shot back. And Anderson is actually a really good pressure fighter. And this is why I, and I said it before, I said the Charles Martin fight was going to be really dangerous for him. And the reason for that is I think where the wheels are going to where the rubber really meets the road for Anderson's career is what is going to happen when he has to get past the second round. Cause he had a lot of early fights where his pressure was able to just stop dudes really quickly. They they couldn't deal with a heavyweight that was throwing, you know, 70 punches around what happens after that point. And Charles Martin showed that like, you know, Shit goes downhill for him once once you get past the early part of the fight. And I I think Dubois with his power, you know, that could be just a really interesting fight down the line, whether it's, you know, title fight at some point. Maybe that's unlikely. But there might be like a glimmer of hope for the heavyweight division, because otherwise this division is kind of dead in the water right now.
1: Yeah, I agree with that but you never know where these names could come from, you know.
0: Uh, okay. Um, do you want to talk about Ryan Garcia responding, or the the legal team of Ryan Garcia responding to Golden Boy's lawsuit?
1: Yeah, if you want. All
0: right. So, for those of you out of the loop on this, Golden Boy filed a lawsuit against Ryan Garcia, accusing him and his manager slash advisor. That's that's how Golden Boy's treating this. Like like they're they're like Ryan is enemy number one. Like he's got Al Heyman influence. It's it's Guadalupe Valencia, who's you know, he's he's been in boxing for a while. He's had a I I don't think he's ever had like a super high profile client like Ryan, but he has been um, you know, this is a dude that's been in boxing for what, like ten years or so now. Oh.
1: Just me. He quit. I'm the only guy left. I guess my podcast now.
0: Man, my internet just disconnected on me randomly.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I thought I was going to take over the podcast.
0: <laughs> well, just to keep it going, I don't know where we left off, but Golden Boys Sue and Ryan of like trying to get Lupe out of the picture and ryan they basically make all the choices and decisions for Ryan's career. And Ryan's uh, filed like um, a motion to dismiss the lawsuit which is to say, judge, throw this out. This is a baseless type of lawsuit. They've actually been the ones that have breached the contract here. And in part, the lawsuit was initially filed, as we've learned, because Ryan's team sent Golden Boy a letter saying, hey, guys, you breached your contract. Uh, And also, you're not paying me. You have not paid the money that I'm owed. And so then Golden Boy was like, okay, fine. Well, how about we just file a lawsuit? And they're saying in the motion to dismiss, like, first of all, you're not even suing us in the right place. Second of all, you've not stipulated anything here that we've actually breached. There's no, you, you've, you, you're you not referencing anything. You're just making a, like a grievance here, but that's not grounds for any sort of lawsuit. And the final thing, was what was the final thing? I think I I I know there's one more. That I think I can't remember.
1: I think both of them are about uh venue.
0: Yeah. So there's a jurisdiction. Uh I don't remember the other one, but anyway, you you can take over from here. Uh Yeah, does like, this I, get thrown out.
1: Uh yeah. I always thought it would get dismissed. Oh, uh, well yeah, jurisdiction is the other one. They're saying this shouldn't be a federal case. And they're right. So I always thought it would get uh, thrown out from first from the start. uh, Judges are always going to say arbitration first. And, okay, so I'm trying to piece why Golden Boy did this, but, you know, they're kind of nutty. So they thought there's a clause. So in their arbitration clause, I think it was redacted, but I'm guessing that there's a clause about if you do not agree to this arbitration, they can ask for, uh, God, no, it's throughout the term. But they can basically ask, oh, a uh, declarative relief, which means mm-hmm. that they can actually ask for a judge to issue a ruling. But that's only if Ryan or doesn't agree to the arbitration. It's always going to be arbitration first. And that's what Ryan's team essentially did. They said, okay, we got a problem with how you've been treating us and so we're asking for arbitration. And so they follow the the, the proper legal procedure procedures where it's in the contract arbitration is always the first step and they asked for that and Golden Boy seems to have thought oh we know what their next move is going to be and we're, we're going to strike first. It's like no you can't do that. You got to play the game. And so Ryan's team does have the more sane uh filing i always base my decisions on whose filings look uh, real and which are based on facts and they only took a couple shots and then everything else was based on facts one for some reason uh, uh golden boy was saying because oscar said that ryan would be fighting in las vegas that now the contract should be decided by nevada which <laughs> isn't how it works No, that's not how it works. (laughs) You know, and that's what jurisdiction is about. Nice try, though. Yeah, jurisdiction. Well, first jurisdiction is that everybody in a lawsuit, for it to be a federal lawsuit, they can't can't live in the same states. Otherwise, it's a state court matter. And Bernard still lives in California. Uh, Golden Boy still has a business license in California. The only person in Nevada is Oscar, because he moved there to be with his girlfriend. You know, so it's like, you can't just say, okay, now we're going to run things out of Nevada. You would have to get the fighter to agree that now Nevada is the venue. And why they want to go to Nevada is because there's no limit on promoter contracts in Nevada. Yeah. Whereas in California, it's seven years for personal services, but for boxers, it's five years. Unless the commission and the fighter agree to it to go to 7.
0: Do you think that uh they this is actually this is actually a smart move from Golden Boy. Now hear me out. I know you guys are probably thinking like okay, you're already off, you know, in the weeds here. No, no, no. What if Golden Boy rightly or wrongly had the genius idea to say they actually can win this this case here. Maybe the lawyer was like, yeah, you you probably we would probably lose this one. We you know, we're not on on steady ground here and Golden Boy was like, what if we distract the court and we f- sue first? Yeah. And Ryan will rather choose to settle this than risk his career, uh, you know, effectively cuz he'll, you know, if we prevent him from fighting through legal means, we're basically bullying him into staying under contract. So that's why we filed first.
1: Yeah, that might work against a guy who doesn't have money, you know, but Ryan's got money, so it doesn't. And it's it's like, it's not like you can upset a judge, like a federal, federal judges don't really get personal about it, because they know a lot of people don't understand federal courts. So when you have these things, like you're filing in the wrong jurisdiction, they'll just tell people to, uh, where they got to go. It's not like they're going to hold a grudge against them. The only thing is that, It's very tough to get out of a contract. It does. He's like, even you say, well, that's unfair. It doesn't matter if that's in your contract and you got a contract with a promoter, you're pretty much going to be held to it unless they do something really egregious. Either they don't pay you or they start to denigrate you, which golden boy has done. It's like everything golden boy has done only strengthens Brian's argument to get out of the contract early, which is a very slim one, but, they're trying to help him. <laughs> you know, it's, so that's why it's like, this isn't a smart move by Golden Boy. It's not some genius backdoor thing. They probably think it is, but you know they haven't won a case since uh, Oscar beat Aram, I think.
0: No, di- didn't, no. Yeah, you might be right. I don't, because they, they lost the Manny case. Well,
1: the Manny, they got a 50-50 because they were actually got money out of that deal, but Top Rank still kept it. So they didn't fully win. That's about as so close as they close just got as They got their bonus a, back, right? Well, they got the, they got the bonus money back, but the no, top rank actually owed them a percentage of Manny's uh, money.
0: Can you They've, imagine Manny was giving out more percentages <laughs> yeah. than we even knew? Oh yeah, um, Manny's that, like that dude was probably yeah. getting like they he, he was probably getting paid in gift vouchers for the MGM buffet.
1: Yeah, he had so many hands in his pockets just through legal. Ways. like, you know, someone said they wanted, you know, here's Manny, here's some money. Let me be your manager. He'd be like, okay. Like uh, so yeah.
0: You know, initially when this all came out, you were of the belief that Ryan had no shot here.
1: <clears throat> but, well, I'm saying uh, to get out of his contract.
0: But now, now that we've seen Golden Boys show their cards a bit, do you still feel that same way?
1: Uh, it's going to be very tough for him to still get out of his contract don' you know like I said because by the time you you go through the process, this contract will probably be over. It all depends though the the only thing I saw from weird from his side even but I didn't see it I just saw it in Coppinger's article, and that guy you know he could he could be writing his own address down and probably get it wrong in an article <laughs> they 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 kept saying seven years for personal services, and it's like no boxers can only go five years. So, but unless Ryan did make the mistake and agreed and then California agreed for it to be a seven-year contract. Because if it's only five years, that means it's going to be over next year. You know, 2024 is going to end. Right. So, so you just fight out the contract, really, if that's the thing. I, I, think, I think they're just going through this process now to say, no, no, no. It's not a Nevada contract. It's California. It's got an end date. And this is the contract we agreed with. I don't think, He's really got an argument to break it early. Well. Golden Boy would have to have done, they would have to have not paid him, you know, a lot of money for him to break it. But, but again, Bernard's like going out there talking to random people on YouTube saying I've got a pile of information against this guy. It's like, that's the kind of shit you can't say. Like you can't denigrate your uh, client because they have, de- do not denigrate uh, clauses in contrast. disparage so, is the word. Yeah, yeah, disparage.
0: Now, here, but, so here's co- two things. One, I'm going to give you a theory. Clauses, yeah, sorry. I'm going to give you a theory. I've known to give theories, and uh, yeah. my theories are usually never wrong. But two, it's a burden, um, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you know, much, much like uh, the litigators that Ryan has hired, I do share a burden. Yeah. But um, so, Ryan hired a part of one of the lawyers that he hired, or I guess the firm have a a history, like their specialty is, you know, disparagement, that sort of thing. And so, you know, it kind of gives you an insight into what they think the angle is going to be in terms of like, so I think ultimately this whole situation is 100% heading to a, Breach of contract settlement type of type of deal. I think neither party does that, does this if that wasn't going to be the outcome here.
1: Yeah, I would not disagree with that. And I think, like I said, I think that probably was what they planned by asking for arbitration because they're like, okay, we the first step we got to go through is arbitration because that's what we're legally bound to. You know,
0: what if the arbitration would show clear breach of contract and therefore contract done
1: well that that's that's why that you could do it so that's you could prove your case in arbitration you know that the the contracts and sort of that's what you know uh it depends on how much they want to fight though because i think that's what canelo's team did but i don't think the arbitrator sort of understood the difference between the contracts that the zone had with Golden Boy. It's like, it all depends on your arbitrator. Depends on how smart he is. Because a lot of these guys, you know, they're respected, okay, so- but they don't know. But they're usually named when the contract and both sides agree to it. But again, Ryan didn't have this team with him when he signed the contract. So yeah, his, his current legal team, they're, they're smart guys. They're a smart firm. Pricey firm. So yeah. so it, it could have been. And I think that's what Golden Boy probably reacted to they knew that Ryan was looking to break the contract. And so they they misread their uh, part of the arbitration clause where they could ask for the declarative relief Not from
0: judge. Finally, Ryan was going to break the contract. I think they were going to break the contract. Maybe they knew they were. I, I, I mean, my, my wild theory is that this is actually a galaxy brain move from Golden Boy that just might work.
1: <laughs> you think the judge is going to say, okay despite your contract being signed in California, I'm going to grant, because that's where no. Oscar's girlfriend's uh, topless league is in Nevada. He's like, I want free tickets, so I'm going to side with uh, Oscar. I, th-
0: I think that you should never underestimate the power of boobs, okay? That's one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And especially when Oscar's putting up his girlfriend's, you know, for all to see. Two, uh, as we learned with the Kingpin Boxing, Um, that is also a a way to generate lots of interest into your product. Although not very profitable as they apparently have not been able to pay anybody (laughs) involved with the event. Gee, who would have thought (laughs) shocker? No. So here's my theory. My theory is that Ryan's has a carve out in his contract, which effectively allows him to operate like a free agent with minimal golden boy input. And uh, there are certain stipulations that need to be met, but he they've figured out a way to meet them and therefore behave in a way where Ryan has full control over his career, which by the way, he should have anyway. Like your promoter should not have the type of power that Golden Boy is asserting that they do have over his career, which is a whole other aspect of this. But I think they figured that out and they basically told Golden Boy, you... Can't really stop us from doing what we're doing, and so Golden Boy said, "Actually, we can." Oscar called up the lawyer. It was probably about three twenty-two a.m.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you the so far. The lawyer was like, "This sounds Oscar? realistic." Yeah
0: is is everything okay? Do I need to bail you out again? He <laughs> said, "No, no, no. I need you. I I'm going to bail you out. I have a deal for you." <laughs> Uh, and he's like, I already have a Coke dealer. He's like, no, no,
1: <laughs> I'm sober. <laughs> trust me. We're going Interc- to, we're going to sue Ryan. Yes, <laughs> Once I'm done with you.
0: The Ryan is being advised by people that are not smart and they're not, you know, they're not good people. So we're going to sue them to rid him of the diseased individuals that have latched onto his career and got gotten him this $30 million payday. But all I need you to do was file this lawsuit, and the lawyer looked at things like, you know, we, we probably can't can't really this, you know, we were supposed to go to we got to go to arbitration first, right? It's in the contract, and they're like, no, it's okay, just trust us, this will work. And the lawyer was like, wait, Oscar, you want me to trust you, a man who <laughs> does not have his, uh, you know, never passed the bar. He's like, I am in the bar. What are you talking about? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's wrong on two accounts.
0: <laughs> and the lawyer said, "You got a point there, buddy. Uh, be at my office at 9 a.m. and and that's where the master plan was drawn up to sue Ryan to tie him up in a, in the legal courtroom to remove Lupe from the situation, so that Lupe yeah, couldn't."
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced now. You got me. Yeah, yeah. Get real, Lupe first. Yeah.
0: So get Lupe out of the p- picture. Because they, they actually say in the complaint they want him removed from the ability to call shots in Ryan's career. Yes. And uh, that's all that it comes down to. They they want Ryan to do their bidding and Ryan's like, no, nah, I think I'm going to do... And here's the other thing you got to remember about Ryan's career up to this point is like, he has leverage unlike any fighter really because he doesn't need to fight over the course of his career. He's controlled what he does not just he does things outside of the boxing ring he has his own pr agency he you know golden boys pr team doesn't really do all the stuff around which is also why they take shots at ryan on the timeline if you know you know uh they take shots at ryan because he has his own independent team working for him and they you know that's which is you know sets up all the social media stuff his poker whatever i don't know he's, he's i guess he's big in like poker too
1: I think so. Well, he likes to go into the tournament stuff. Well, this is the thing, is that Ryan has money. So, a boxer, especially a young boxer with money, and he' experienced in running his own businesses. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a promoter doesn't want to see any of that. So, besides uh, Golden Boy being one of the greatest uh, legal minds around, one thing that is kind of funny is that they essentially wanted Lupe out doing his job and people Correct. really get this wrong ever since and this is what like even when uh arum and top or golden boy were talking about uh, al hayman this is a manager's job is Correct. to find fights to set up fights to go all the promoter has is the legal right to promote the fights promoters are the ones who've overstepped the management of fighters forever but usually it's not worth challenging that aspect because it's either a waste of time and guys don't have money. But this idea that Lupe is doing something wrong, it's like, this is back to bad Oscar versus Heyman stuff. where He's like, no, this is actually his job. His job is to find fight. His job is to negotiate with people. The only uh, thing he's bound by is that in the end, Golden Boy has the sole right to promote. Right. So, and and, at some point, uh, he does have to deal with the promotion. And usually they will work the, the promoter, but like that's what you get in boxing. Some guys are completely reliant on the promoter, but you don't have to be. Your manager can be, be out there shopping fights.
0: Look, man, Ryan wouldn't need a promoter if he would just man up.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you're joking or not. Well, that, Th- but no, that's but- true, too. At this point, he doesn't.
0: No, remember when Oscar said, "You're still talking about whatever. Just man up. You lost." Oh yeah, yeah. Oh stop yeah, yeah. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop, stop pointing out how I uh, disappeared on you when in your lowest moment of your professional career.
0: Oh, uh, god. Um,
1: death threats, man. <laughs> Those death
0: threats. I I just I got a confession to make. What was that? I was the one that did it.
1: really (laughs) you were the one that snuck up and whispered in his ear
0: i was the one that told oscar you better watch out tonight it's gonna happen
1: i should have claimed that because i you know my post about uh, the b-hop rubbing testosterone cream on tanks back oscar believed that one and said it in an interview so i should have jumped on that i totally forgot that you're the one that did that yeah i jumped on dan the the boxy man (laughs) Oh, that was yeah. a great moment when I was know, in Vegas reading the reading Oscar. He's like, they were accusing us of rubbing testosterone cream. It's like, dude, I, I did that when I was playing video poker at Excalibur.
0: <laughs> what were you doing in the Excalibur?
1: Uh, that's where I had to stay. Uh because they moved the date and it was just too expensive to rebook at park. Like I, I was booked in a park. Uh it's getting expensive like Vegas has gotten really expensive, and I'm like it's uh, always been expensive, but now it's just uh, kind of crazy, yeah, I know it's, but that's it if you want to stay you know unless you want to stay off the strip or off downtown even downtown's getting pricey, you know, and it's like, well, I didn't have a car, car rentals are expensive, everything's pricey and I always been like it's like, well, I want to make more trips, and I've stayed in I've stayed in top places and it's just like yeah, it's just a room at the end of the day as, as I want to clean. stay
0: at one of the station casinos
1: mm, you know actually if they were close I wouldn't despite the frititas being like scumbags those station casinos are nice they are nicely run uh people who work there are friendly and, and they're good
0: you know if we were a different type of podcast you could have said it was fentanyl cream <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> although that was a step too far I don't think because because you uh, see, if you handle fentanyl as all the cops show, you fall down quivering. So. You act like Usyk getting hit with the body shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> uh, if we were a different kind of podcast, we'd be getting flown out to these events, you know, like Mike Goldenboy. Well, I guess not. Cop, true, but uh, back when they had the uh, yeah, they don't have money. money. <laughs> they can't even fly
0: their fighters. <laughs> they
1: can't even fly. Yeah, they can't even fly. Or Stan out here. <laughs> yeah, they just left them in Texas.
0: They were like, "Hey, man." <laughs> Our plane ticket was to get you to the fight. Yeah. You're
1: on your, your own now. The fight. <laughs> you the contract, yeah. It was, it was dependent on, or, on the fight happening. Your return ticket. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I mean, the the unfortunate thing is that this stuff is so slow. You know, the, the lawsuit was filed in June, and it wasn't until August where we even got this, like, Ryan's team's response, and the judge has not said a damn thing thus far. So,
1: yeah, and that's what the legal matters is, because they do people give people time to respond. Uh, so they took it to the wire, I think, in their response. But then it's sort of like, OK, you got the two sides and they kick back to the judge and the judge will look at it. And I believe this will be dismissed with an order to go to arbitration. probably. But, uh, uh, but, but it depends because he's a federal judge. So well, odds are he's going to go? This isn't my venue. And he's just going to dismiss it. And then they'll have to go to arbitration. Refile? Well, what probably would happen next is that Ryan's team will file a case in state court uh, or asking a judge to order Golden Boy to arbitration if they, because they're refusing to do so.
0: If Golden Boy loses Ryan. Well, they're going to lose him
1: either way because his contract will be over unless, of course, the great legal mind somehow convince a federal judge to transfer ownership to Nevada where the contract was not signed and they don't have the, the business, you know, registered, registered there. Uh. All right. Well,
0: we will wrap it up right there. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. We got uh, you know, little little recap, got into the Ryan's lawsuit stuff. Um it's a good be- year for
1: lawsuits, I gotta say. I mean UFC, you're finally getting movement on a lot of these things. Oh, I mean, if you're
0: gonna times. include the UFC lawsuit without a question, not only has this been a great year for, for big fights, but it has been a great year for uh, you know, seeing movement in the sport playing out in a courtroom. Yeah. But 2020 was pretty good. I mean, the Canelo case was, I mean, that was Oh, that was special.
1: spicy. Yeah, that was Oh, spicy. wait, wait, wait.
0: Was it, it, it was this year that Terrence Crawford filed the racial discrimination lawsuit, right? Last
1: year. It was last year? Yeah, I was. That's how fast was. Are you sure? Low. Yeah, it was last year. No was, way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No way. Uh-huh. Didn't he, wasn't at the beginning of this
1: year? Nope. it was last year. Let, let,
0: let me just look this up real quick. We can't get off without me knowing when that lawsuit was filed.
1: No, because I'm I'm moving my uh, website to a new uh, my new server. You're right. New, wow. New it was thing. January
0: of 2022.
1: Yeah, I was just looking at when I wrote that story. Sheesh. I know time flies. You're starting to get older, there, Chief.
0: Man, has there
1: been any movement on that one? Did it get thrown out?
0: Do we know? I don't moves?
1: know. They. I haven't checked in a while. Last I heard is that top rent yeah, top rank responded, and then I think they're trying their standard top rank games, which is the challenge venue and challenge this and challenge that. So I I do not know if it's still active.
0: All right. Well, till next time, we'll have to take a look at that yeah. maybe on a Patreon podcast or something. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. Patreon.com/slash Sunday Puncher. Be nice uh, and and you know sign up there. If not, enjoy your week. September is a little light, but we got arguably the best card possibly in my history of being a boxing fan on September 30th between Canelo and Jermel with that undercard of Lubin versus Ramos. Uh,
1: Ugas Barrios. Got, yeah,
0: Ugas Barrios. And then Elijah Garcia and Armando Resendiz. That is uh, that one is going to be a very tough fight for young
1: Elijah Garcia.
0: But we'll talk about that on another podcast. Thanks for listening.